I can't see how getting rid of all the coordinators would lead to a pure world. I don't even know what a pure world is. But I can understand how the people on the plants must feel about being attacked for such an incomprehensible reason. On the other hand, the guys who are running the plants look at naturals as nothing more than vermin. Of course, they have every right to fight back and defend themselves, if only to ensure that history never repeats. But the question is, how long will the cycle continue? We live in such a cruel era. Yeah. Whatever human beings have begun, other human beings can then put a stop to. Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best and only Gundam Seed podcast, where I forget how to start this podcast every time I do it. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler. My name is Zach. And today we're going to be watching episode 41 slash 43 of Gundam Seed, What Stands in the Way. What does stand in the way? Hornblower, apparently. I see that, yeah. That's an awkward name for a ship. I think that's a call sign, not a ship name. What has happened in Gundam Seed? I'm terrible at giving these reviews. Oh, yeah, we're we're nearing the end game. We're just about to get all the characters together this episode. Uh, Sexy Rambaral died, but didn't. Kira Yamato died, but didn't. Lacus is just awesome. Yeah, she now uh, leads the rebel fleet. Lacus Klein was a pop singer who she became a mob boss. But she's not currently a mob boss. She's like Mon Mothma? <laughs> yes, Lacus Klein became Mon Mothma. Atherin's dad shot him, but he's fine. Because, uh... Everybody's He's a really favorite. good shot. He didn't need that arm anyway. DaCosta saved him, and everyone likes DaCosta. He's a good medic. DaCosta's the support class. Yeah, he's also a secret agent guy. He's he's a scout. He's healer. He's He uh, casts a lot of energy-based buffs. Coffee maker. Yeah, th- those are the energy-based buffs. Also, Kigali's there. She has a ship. Yeah, R- poor Rambo. Kigali. Rambo's the captain of her ship. Uh, these stray girls are there. Mulathlaga got a Gundam. Everything was okay. We haven't really seen a lot of him recently. The Arca got a personality and joined the good guys. I don't know how to feel about this. I now have a personality. Yeah, I grew a personality. Relu Crusade took Flay and Isaac and is off being amused by this situation. He's got a mask. Think, this is a terrible recap. Yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. There are some Space Captain Americas. They're better than other people, but also everyone hates them because of it. Kira's going to solve that problem by fighting everyone all at once, and Lacus is like, you know, that's a great idea. Also, you're hot. We should bang. This is a terrible plan. It, no, it's a terrible plan. It's a great idea, but a terrible plan. Their plan is Kira's just better than everyone else, so we're going to bank on that. Kira has the plot armor. Well, let's bank on that. Atherin's better than a lot of people. Moo is pretty good. <laughs> the Arca is now free from gravity, so... And Moo. He no longer has to fight either of his arch nemeses. So, I'm, I'm actually wondering, because Moo has the nickname Hawk Vendimian. Do we ever get to find out why he has that name? Because he seems kind of ashamed Jeremy of it. Jeremy has explained this. Yeah, in some expanded universe stuff. I mean, do you want to know the real life reason? The real life reason? Uh, his voice actor is also the same as Tuxedo Mask, a.k.a. Prince Endymion. Oh, okay. I like that. That's good. And uh, Maru is voiced by Sailor Moon. I said this on the podcast before. Well, I forgot, and it made me really happy since just now. So, <laughs> Since these are never coming out, I don't see the problem with explaining it again. It's fine. And the in-universe reason is he got the credit for killing a bunch of djinns when they 
You know, remember when they blew up the Alaska base with that bomb? Yeah. They did that before and moved Laflaga survived. So the cover story was he shot down seven gins oh. when really it was a bomb. Which is why he recognized the bomb yeah. when it happened the second time. And so it's less of a bomb and more of a microwave field. Yes. But it's more fun to say, it's a bomb! That's true. It's just easier to say, not more fun. No, it's more fun. Say, it's a bomb and say, it's a microwave generator. It's a microwave generator. It's a bomb. When it was still more, you tried, it's still more fun to say it's a bomb. I could see the smile spread across your face as you said it. Negative. Zach is lying, he's still smiling now. Zach is still smiling to this day. <laughs> <laughs> That's because Zach is always smiling. He's such a likable and happy individual. That if anybody ever meets on the, has listened Discord? to the podcast is never actually going to get the person right because he looks so different than he sounds. Namely, he always looks like he's angry at somebody and probably is. I feel like you photograph happy because I feel like you photograph poorly. So, <laughs> so it's like when you read a script and you can't get any of the emotions right. I get some of the emotions right. No, he isn't saying you specifically. Oh, I just never get the script right. I thought that's what he was talking about. Oh, yeah, you're bad at script reading, too. Or cold reading, I guess? So, speaking of that, should we get off this script and start the episode? Because I don't know I feel like we've going. been off script for so long at this I'm point. I'm better at that. Should we get the horn blower? Yes. Yes, right. we should get the horn blower. <laughs> I just want to see how long we can stretch out the silence. I was trying to come up with something witty to say in response. I just... You never have anything witty to say. Never. Uh, if, really. If you want to check out Hornblower, you can do so on Crunchyroll or Hulu if for some reason you pay for Hulu. But that sounds like you're advertising for something really wrong. Look, if you want to sponsor this show, Gundam at lasttimeonvideogames.com. Then there's that cheddar. We'll the, we'll the, talk all about <laughs> Casper Square Box. The sweet Hulu bucks. Wasn't Casper Square Box a, a Super joke? Sentai Bros. Joke. Okay, yeah. Sign up now and get a free audiobook. It's a good joke. Solid joke. Episode 41, like I said, slash 43 if you have the old DVDs, which nobody does. Hi! Yeah, Zach does. What stands in the way? What, a very Japanese title that's not very uh, good, actually. Is it asking what stands in the way, or is it telling you There's what no stands mark. in the way? Okay. Uh, so we start with hor a bunch of ships, including Hornblower, on orbiting the moon, starting to come in. And we see that the Earth forces are gathering all their military might on the moon. They got a bunch of them new fancy strike daggers. And something that looks suspiciously like the Archangel. I guess we saw that earlier, right? The Dominion? Yeah, I believe yeah. we've seen it. And finally, Natoro's in the captain's chair, and she's like, ah, crap, I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> she now gets the big boy pants. We get a whole bunch of that fun, fun military jargon that we came up with a cool name for last episode that I don't remember what it is. Military babble. No, that wasn't what it was. But we get a bunch of it. It's rad. She's launching missile tubes with Carinzos, firing the Valiant, uh, aiming the pitch to 24 degrees, and her crew can't keep up with her. And then she lost a simulation because she's just too good a captain. Yep, it was all Send a ship to the mission bottom. Mission fail. What does that mean? I believe they're trying to say, like, you, your ship has been sunk, but they don't <laughs> understand English, so it says mission failed, send a ship to the bottom. Or they're playing a card game, and every time they <laughs> fail a simulation, they have to send a ship you to the bottom of You sunk my deck. battleship. Natarl starts doing Natarl's things, mostly berating her crewmates, because these are not the super experienced teenagers she's used to working with, who have no military training. These people suck and are slow. And her ship just, crew just looks browbeaten, because they don't have any spirited captains to uh, boost their spirits. Yeah, they just have Natarl. They don't, they don't have, uh, they don't have Natarl's counterbalance. Uh, but Natarl's got a phone call from HQ, and we see the, uh, three druggy Gundams. 
flying towards the ship. And Zack and Tyler's favorite villain of all time, Mutai Azrael, shows up in his powder blue as hell suit. God damn with Captain this Mustache. Dick. Okay, well, so let, let me point out. First of all, I love this guy's sense of style. He's just a one-note character, and I hate him for that. I hate his suit. No, his, his suit is. is amazing. You're not. You're telling me that if you saw a guy walking down the street on the wearing that suit, you wouldn't go like, "Huh." Just that you you just make that noise specifically and then continue walking because no, we're all I think if I ever, awkward here. I think I think I ever saw somebody with that kind of suit, my immediate thought would be, "God, that guy's a douchebag." <laughs> Remind me to go get a powder blue suit later. <laughs> I already know you're a douche. Hey, <laughs> I've known you for way too long. Anyway, uh, Captain Mustache's like, "Hey, this is Zach and Tyler's favorite villain. I'm sure you heard of him." As he smiles evilly at her. He's like, oh yeah, that d- guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, you've got three mobile suits. That's three times as many as you had before. But he's going to watch you. I mean, watch the mobile suits. Anyway, and he gets to add being kind of sexist to his uh, list of character traits. As he's like, ah, oh, I never expected the captain to be such a hottie. Is this some sort of bonus? Yeah, we specifically assigned her for you, you ass. Uh, well, at least Captain Mustache is like, uh, no, she's like good at her job, and she was on the Archangel, and her dad was in the military or something. Really makes you wish somebody would just hit him in the dick and call it a day. And he's like, ah, oh, good, the Archangel, that ship we're gonna go blow up. Cool. And Natara's like, 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 final wait, what? vengeance. <laughs> I get the feeling it's more of a, wait, what yeah, are we doing now? That, that sounds like a bad idea to try and sink them. You, nope. you know how many people have tried to sink the Archangel? Nobody knows anything about military psychology, except for Raul Crusade probably does and is doing exactly the opposite. Because in this very episode, Raul Crusade will tell another yet another person, hey, let's go shoot down your friend. <laughs> but at least with Rao, it seems like he's intentionally being bad at it. They're just like, hey, let's send uh, you to go fight all your friends. That's probably fine. That's probably good even. You'll know how they fight. I mean, yeah, I guess you would know how they'd fight, but you're also not going to get your best performance out of people who are attempting to shoot each other's friends without having killed another version of their friends earlier. Or maybe they're like, ah, they're the good guys, so they won't want to shoot their friends, but Nataro's on our side, so she'll definitely want to shoot her friends. That's how friendship works, right? Yeah. One of you's a dick. (laughs) But anyway. So then we get the opening sequence. It's the same. It's going to be the same until Destiny. Actually, that's not true. We actually have it slightly edited. Walfelt is now in the captain's seat on the Eternal. He was not there before. They were still kind of hiding that. Yeah, which is a nice touch. So when do we get the Lackus Gundam? Just wait. Just wait? I'm sure Bandai has to release a model kit eventually. So then we cut to Zaft and specifically three nice Nazca-class battleships. And we got one of those cool, like, tactical readouts. And Play uh, is apparently allowed on the bridge now for yes. reasons. She's uh, propaganda. Rob Rob uh, brought her. (laughs) She was Rouse plus one. She's morale. She's there to look cute and make everyone else feel better. So Isaac can scowl at her. Isaac needs someone to scowl at. It's very important. Especially because the other red there has no personality because they couldn't book her voice actress. Anyway, they're talking about how a bunch of people have apparently defected towards the Klein faction. And specifically, they're talking about Walt Felt and how he was a distinguished charismatic veteran. So it seems weird, but... I was like, oh, that's probably how he was able to trick the chairman into giving him a cool spaceship. (laughs) Because he's really good at his job. No, because he's really good at talking. Which was part of his job. That is part of his job, I guess. Anyway, Rouse starts giving a speech that's mostly like, ah, you can't know what people will think. They kind of suck. Isaac, shoot down your friend Athern. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, 
all the way through this, Isaac has kind of been antagonistic towards Atherin for the entire series, so... Except for at the end there, which Rao didn't see, to be fair. Isaac, like, proclaims that he's gonna kill Atherin. He looks very Sundari about yeah, it. I, I yes. will shoot down any traitor. It's like, yeah, uh, I didn't even like that guy. Yeah, Baka. <laughs> I'll totally shoot him down. So then we get to Rao chillaxing in his quarters. Flay is also invited here. And she's suddenly more sympathetic to him. I suppose we're supposed to assume that all the very awkward scenes we've seen between the two of them, she's at least got a little bit of a... Uh, Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah, yeah I was thinking Stockholm Syndrome. I was going to say Stockholm Syndrome. Complex, and I was like, that's not the right term. I get the feeling that Flay just happens to attach herself to anybody who happens to be nearby. Yeah, she does seem crisis. to have that type of personality, but that's not going to work well for her as she goes She doesn't adulthood. actually think things through she just attaches to somebody else for a while and anyway i was like yeah all i do is fight though i guess you could say that's because i'm a, a soldier and that's true but anyway he's giving a pretty good speech to play he's doing his manipulation thing where he's like yeah but no one's born a soldier right and play gets to remember not being a soldier you know, like the entire series. I mean, she's like the start of the series. She, yeah, she, I mean, she's could, technically a soldier. She's enlisted. I guess technically, she's but she never... She's been in a military uniform the entire time, except we're in the desert when she was in... She never actually does anything, though, so... But she was just at that meeting. That's true. She was presumably giving valuable tactical advice, Zach. Her I, father was in the military, you know. No, she, no he wasn't. Uh, her father was a politician, you know. Yeah, that doesn't give her any kind of experience dealing with soldiers or anything like that. Anyway, Rao's like, yeah, I, like everyone, all I want is for the war to end. Don't you agree? It's a good foil to what the Three Ships Alliance wants, since they want to end the war. And Rao's like, yeah, everyone wants to end the war. And I'm not a crazy person like Atherin's dad who thinks we need to kill them all. But is he a crazy person like Kira who thinks they should form their own army? <laughs> well, stay tuned. Kira needs to build a few more barracks and starports, because <laughs> otherwise he's in deep trouble. He's got all that Vespine, though. Yeah, but it doesn't do you any good unless you have some supply depots. So we cut over to the Dominion, but Rao is still talking over them, and he says he has the final key to end the war, but if it stays with him, the uh, door to do so will never open because metaphors. And he shows his cool diskette to play. What the is episode. the cool diskette? Well, is that uh, one of the things he acquired while yeah, being it's spied? it's the thing with the data Rao. for the freedom and the okay. justice that we saw him put in his diskette player last episode. It's a floppy. Well, I guess that's why the Empire and uh, the... Rogue One had all their stuff on uh, no, microfilm. Had, I thought it was all on, like, black tape. Like, VHS tape in that archive. Am I wrong? Microfilm. <laughs> that, is, that is what a microfilm container looks like. Oh. I have seen many. So anyway, we cut over to the Mendel Colony, which is where the Three Ships Alliance has set their base, and we get some exposition about why it's abandoned. There was some sort of biohazard. So, you know, Chris Redfield showed up. Uh, I was gonna make that, that joke. <laughs> They were almost a zapped sandwich. <laughs> and they they keep talking about this Mendel incident, and we don't actually know what it is. Yeah, but it's a good, convenient reason for them to have so, their own colony. So really quick, there isn't actually air anywhere in the colony, right? So they're all shipbound still? I'm not sure on that. It's not clear. I'm pretty I, sure we will see air in it later. Yeah, I do remember there is air in it later. But maybe not where they are right now. But I, I presume do... not in the hangar that they're in, with the door to space open. Yeah, but... I haven't seen them anywhere else. 
they seem to be shipbound. It apparently doesn't have gravity either, so... Anyway, Moo and Waldfeld are best friends now. They just got done playing poker. Anyway, they show up to the tactical meeting in in Media Res, so both of them are lazy commanders that show up <laughs> in the middle of meetings, which is pretty good. I like to think they b- bumped into each other in the hall, like, hey, you're going late too? Yeah! <laughs> I love how they show up and Moo immediately vaults, like, the tactical chairs in the back to well, go stand with uh, Maru. He's got to get to his girlfriend. I, I know. I, I, I'm not criticizing. It's pretty awesome. Kira's, like, got a whole person and a half between him and Lacus. And Atherin's not even present. Yeah. And anyway, but Lacus is being Mon Mothma, and she's like, our first concern is probably the moon. That's where the Earth forces are putting all their troops, according to the cold open. Remember when they took over Victoria off screen, and now they can send troops into space? Which, to be fair, that has been gone over before. Their forces about... are full of people who have always wanted well, to do that. Well, they, she specifically was saying that uh, or Maru was uh, asking if they were planning an all-out assault against the plants. And then Waltfeld is was saying that they've got full of people who've always wanted to take the war to the plants. Uh, for the preservation of their pure and blue world. And Boo's like, hey, don't start shit, bro. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I didn't say it. I'm just quoting people. Quoting Hitler isn't a bad thing, right? And Moo admits it. He's like, yeah, that's that's what they've been saying, but so, they're kind of full of shit. Waltfeld so. starts going through a uh, political speech that's not really important. Here's, everyone here's on his side, and Kigali gets bored and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kigali's like, I don't need this shit. He's like, yeah, my dad used to go on about this for hours while watching Ferret News. Let, uh, let, me, go, let, let me go find my uh, my boyfriend. Meanwhile, Lacus grabs Kira and is slowly dragging him closer. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not noticing because he's Kira. <laughs> Atherin is elsewhere sulking about his father trubs. Meanwhile, Lacus is giving a speech about how, like, every war that's ever been, there have been people who kind of want to bring peace. You Only because should... it gets too expensive. I mean, there are always people who don't want their brother to die who is a soldier. But mostly it's people who played Eve. <laughs> no, they're trying to start the next war. Well, okay. No, they're... Eve is weird because war is always bad for business in Eve, just because of the weird eco- economy of that. And I know there was that one war that just stopped when the accountants were like, look how much money we are losing! <laughs> that was the peace talks. <laughs> I, al- I always love hearing about wars in Eve, though. They're pretty great. But her speech works because by the end of it, Kira is next to her. <laughs> Which was her entire goal. Kigali has found wild enemy Atherd. Is, that is really. She's got a really weirdly animated face at the moment. She looks really pudgy the way they animated it. Yeah, it in looks this particular soft. scene. And I think it goes well with her dialogue, where she's like, "I bet your head's like a hamster right now." And Athens like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "I will continue my metaphor and double down. I bet your mind's going around in circles, not getting anywhere." You know, like hamsters do when they're not on wheels. It's like you, that's why you need to show up to the meetings. Also, I'm bored. I need someone there to talk to. And everyone else brought their boy, <laughs> boy slash girlfriend. And she's like, oh, does your uh, arm hurt? And Athens starts to say, no. She's like, of course it hurts. Because she's not asking questions for answers. She's asking them as talking points. I was actually just going to joke that Athens was going to say, the emotional pain is worse than any physical pain. And then she actually basically says that. So. <laughs> and Athens like, well, damn, you stole my emo moment. Of course you could. There were like ten guys with assault rifles. I think he means he couldn't convince him it's a bad idea. Oh, well, yeah, well, there's that too. Anyway, Atherin's venting his frustrations about not being able to uh, stop his dad, and basically the whole trip being kind of useless. But Kigali, like, tries to reassure him. is like, hey, everyone's that way. 
uh, anyone who thinks they understand this crazy situation and that forming an alliance of three ships led by Mon Mothma can stop it is just crazy. But Kigali insists that it's too uh, soon for him to give up on his crazy madman of a father, which makes Atherin remember her father, Trubs. And we get some choice ghost dad time. To be fair, her dad was not a crazy person. No, but no, he her, did just die, and I'm sure she would want the... I, her, her point is, like, you can still, like, work it out with him. I don't have that chance. My dad he was, could have left with them to give the <laughs> rebel army a leader that he knew was going to be forming. Nonsense. He had to he had to hand off the leadership role to Kira, because Kira needs a personality at some point. <laughs> no, I mean, he knew Lacus was coming. He can't compete with Lacus. Why does she bring Waltfeld, then? Lacus? Yeah. Because she needs someone to shoot the big gun. <laughs> Lacus is the leader, but Waltfeld actually knows how to shoot people. Lacus press is, the button. Lacus is too busy philosophizing to actually do any real work. She's actually working on her hit new single. Please don't shoot each other. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say war. Huh? What is it good for? I don't know, but I'm going to let my horror ramble for an hour now. <laughs> war, what is it good for? Stimulating the economy and getting us out of a Great Depression? Or wait, were you not actually asking for an answer for that question? Uh, so then, <laughs> while Kigali's trying to make her conclusion, Atherin bats Kigali, which is being hugged Kigali. I was going to say, Atherin hugs her and she turns into a turtle for a second mid-frame. This is so good. Like, they're just like floating in space because of the lack of gravity, <laughs> and she's just flailing, not knowing what to do. It's, it's so, so good. It, it really is, because Kigali's always the one doing stuff like this, and now that somebody else is doing it to her, she's really confused as to how to react. And Atherin's like, sorry. And Kigali's like, what do you mean sorry? He's like, well, sorry. Like, <laughs> I, I think Atherin is doing it purely to get back at Kigali for all the times that she's jumped Kira and him. Anyway, it is my favorite Kigali. Being hugged Kigali is the best. That's a good gift. We need that as a gift. Flailing Kigali? Yes. Cut to the Dominion. The weird 3D Dominion. Uh, they've done that shot of the Archangel a bunch of times. They're just reusing it. Anyway, she's going over the personnel files for her new crew, except for they're all listed as biological CPU with no personal data. But they have names. Well, yeah. Why it's... are they different stages? Do they ever go into that? Uh, they've been enhanced, and I actually really like this scene, because I know you guys seriously don't like uh, Azrael, and he is a one-note character, but that note is hypocrite, and I just really, really like that, because these are all people who have been genetically enhanced like coordinators and he's like kind of got this ends justify the means thing going on with them but he treats them like garbage just like he treats the coordinators like garbage he always treating them as equipment right yeah and i just really like it and we get to see Natarl by contrast and we've seen this a few times with Natarl but she doesn't get a lot of time to have her personality shine through because i think she's the sort that suppresses it on the job she has not a motherly quality to her but a much more she's kind of stunned by the idea that they're listed as equipment and not pilots and that makes them expendable and while she's musing about this everyone's favorite muta Azrael comes like hey we there yet and natara's like almost but uh why are we going here for no reason and he's like hey i have accurate sources i'm sure they're fine which i also kind of like because it hasn't outright said it but it's given you just enough information to connect that he and rally crusade are in contact with each other and we're in working together on something. Yeah. And especially all the cross-cutting between them really helps imply that. But Notaro at least knows that the information is from the plants, presumably from spies or something. She's like, it could be a trap! But Azrael's obsessed. He's just like, the freedom and the justice. I need them. And my information says there are three Nazca-class vessels holding them headed for L4. 
So we can't miss the chance that it could be true. And then he decides to be even more of an asshole by saying, hey, you, you may be in charge of the ship, but I'm part of the higher ups and we're more in charge than you. Which is kind of just questioning Natarl's worldview. And Gundam Seed has a huge undercurrent of don't trust upper management, whether that be the government or generals or whatever. Or whatever the heck Asriel does. He's yeah. like a contractor, I guess. Yeah, he's supposed to be some kind of contractor. Of course, he's forgetting entirely that it's a military vessel, and she could just easily space him and call it a day. Hey, what and about no one would say anything about it. What about Siegel Klein? He was a good guy. That's true. Then he got shot to death. You can trust your girlfriend's dad, but no other authority figures. Or immediate authority figures. If they'll come down and, like, chat with you, that's cool. Like, Mula Flag is fine. Yeah, I was gonna say that one management. that one admiral for the Earth Forces who was talking to Kira he died. before he died. Yeah. But like So the, the mul- answer is any authority figure you can trust is about to die. Yes. But multiple Including characters. Moo. <laughs> multiple characters at this point have kind of had the realization that they thought they were supposed to follow orders and that would like lead Make things, things work. To, yeah. And it kind of doesn't. And Natarl's starting on that little trek, but she's the most representative of that viewpoint. She's stuck in the military complex, and that's a core value of hers, rather than something that had to be installed in boot camp. Well, she was uh, what they mentioned when they were introducing her to Azrael earlier, and is that her family is a long uh, history of military service. So that's kind of something that she's probably had from a very early age. Yeah, and we just know from her character, she's all about the rules, so she can't break them. Then we get the eye catch. Hey there, my peeps. It is extremely early or extremely late, depending on your point of view. So I'm going to try to keep this one short and syrupy sweet. First thing, because we announced this last week, hey, we're starting a Patreon. We have a straw poll up right now, which is probably going to be taken down in like a week after this episode goes up. So, if you want the quasi-official way to inform us what you'd like out of our Patreon, go ahead and head over there and let us know what you want. I'll put a link in the description of this episode. I think that's pretty much the only big thing going on right now. I'm going to skip the usual plug stuff because time, it keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I just hope the future has sweet mobile suits. Anyway, back to the episode. And then we cut back to the cool colony, and we get some sideways shots with some zero gravity. Yeah, to emphasize that they're in space! Hey, it's one of the Astray pilots. Yep, the Astrays and the Strike are just grabbing boxes. I, I, I kind of love that the Haro is just floating around in the Eternal's bridge, and without even looking at it, on his blind side, uh, Waltfeld just knocks the thing away. He's he's secretly very annoyed about it, but... The healthcare's good, so he got put up yeah. with the boss. Um, the healthcare in this secession army. <laughs> well, they are just talking about here that they have supply routes with their other contacts in the plants. And this is a thing Gundam likes to do in basically all its series, which is to have a rebel army where we see a couple of ships and what they're doing, and everyone else is just kind of off screen. Zeta Gundam is the most guilty of it, where the AUG is definitely an army. They definitely have more than the Argama and the Radish. Don't worry about it. Kind of seems along the lines of, well, we have to explain how these guys are somehow getting all their ammunition and food and stuff, but we don't actually want to explain that. Well, I always kind of like that. I always like when there's, like, theoretically more forces backing them, 
which is something we get a little bit in the Seed Extended Universe, but not much. I just, it really is a thing where the focus is just on the main dudes. I just would like to see, if you're going to have stuff like that, have them show up later. Like, for the final battle, have their guys actually show up and help. Just as part of the set piece thing, even if it's yeah. just, like, showing the ships once. And then never mentioning them again. <laughs> or somebody giving orders to those ships. I agree. To imply that they're there. Otherwise, it just is like, oh yeah, t- trust us, there's totally guys supplying them. That's why they have food and all this crap. And I'm just, as a person going, oh yeah, where? A line of it does a lot for me. Whereas if they this line didn't exist, I would be more Also, like, given, I mean, well, the, the reason why this line kind of throws me off is because they say, we have these supply contacts. Okay, you do remember, you guys got shot at breaking your ship out how exactly are you getting supplies and not having everybody know exactly where you are within two minutes they actually well, to be do- fair the Rao knows where they are and is following them but if i remember right Rao guessed that's where they no, are they didn't he, follow they didn't follow one of their, their supply heading, ships so. they didn't follow the supply ships they saw them i was gonna say the way they're getting supplies to them is they're just having ships fly by on course and then jettison things out in the correct direction <laughs> and just have things slowly fo- float over to I, the base. we do see the mobile suits collecting supply crates so that makes sense. And it doesn't bug me nearly as much as Lacus's Klein's secret mobile suit factory from Gundam Seed Destiny. <laughs> it's probably being staffed on the moon with everybody else living there. Uh, anyway, the Astray girls are like, hey, Commander Moo, you don't have to help us with this. We're grunts. This is our job. Although, to be fair, Moo does call Lacus the Pink Princess, which is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's his name is- for her. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think he, I think he used that term earlier in the series, too. He uses oh, it multiple really? times, yeah. This is the first time I've noticed. And Moo's like, no, this is part of my training. I am the cheat of this minute. <laughs> well, it, it also makes a bit of sense. He doesn't have as much yeah. practice behind the wheel, as it were, of a mobile suit as they do. Yeah, exactly. So, and he's like, I can't afford to let young people show me up. And I love, I believe this is Asaki's reaction. You're just like grumpy. Oomph. And Especially like, when tries he tries to push off. his foot or something. <laughs> no, I that that I think is just having giving him something to push off of because gotcha. they're in vacuum. So there's not really any... I've, of course, they have. he has jump jets, so... But that uses wheel. Yes. Whereas pushing off somebody who's already there doesn't. So we get some tactical stuff. Uh, Rue's like, hey, so if the Eternal is specifically designed for the freedom of the justice, we'll transfer you them over to you. And Lacus Klein's like, yeah, give me them pretty boys. <laughs> <laughs> and they keep the strike and the... Uh, Buster. Buster on board the Archangel. And the army of Estrays are <laughs> on the Kusanagi. X number of Estrays, where X is however many they need. So anyway, the Dominion starts getting closer. They see the Nazca-class ships, but they've made it ahead of them, even though they're supposed to be fast. But presumably the moon is closer to here than Zaft. Azrael's like, okay, we're here. This is your job now. You can sink them if you want, but we've got to capture those mobile suits. I keep... I'll send out the druggies. They better not screw up again. I, I keep wishing that... They give the order for everybody else to prepare for combat, you know, wear atmosphere suits and everything like that, and just forget to tell him, and accidentally vent all the atmosphere on the bridge. Whoops. So anyway, the alert radar's going off on the Archangel, because there's a battleship heading toward them. They start matching with Library, but there are no matches! Level 1 battle stations, and everybody's just confused. Like, oh, wait, I thought... What are we doing What's again? level 1? Level 2 is where we'd like... Isn't is level one where Kira handles the problem? <laughs> <laughs> so Nataro starts right by shooting the low end grin right at the docking bay. There's a nice big explosion. A lot of rumbling, a lot of reaction shots. Yeah, it's very Star Trek. Yeah, but they don't get a direct hit. The, so the Archangel starts taking off. 
The Kusanagi's okay, but the Eternal needs time for final adjustments before it's caught back. What, it, what exactly that means? Um, they don't. They have to finish of... painting it pink. <laughs> it's already painted pink. Er, it is pink. Er, I mean, they already went into combat with the thing when they bailed. So it's like, what else do you really need to do? Well, the gun wasn't calibrated correctly. That's why they. <laughs> that's why Walt murdered that guy. I'll try. Oh crap! It's five degrees off. So the Archangel takes off, ready to go. I, I love, actually, the fact that Maru is giving almost identical orders to what Nataro was just giving. Yeah, because they're the same ships. Yep. And Nataro's having some nice flashbacks to the last time they saw each other, when Maru's like, man, I hope we can get, like, coffee or beer next time we meet, instead of being in a fight. And so Nataro actually contacts them. I love the dumb little phone. It's so <laughs> The it's phone so is so stupid, but it's great. Especially when they have video screens in a minute. <laughs> But anyway, she calls up the Archangel. It's like, hey, can you can you hear? And everyone's, and everyone's confused. Well, they're more like recognizing, oh, and I shocked. know that name. It's like, uh, you're a rebel, so we're going to go blow you up unless you surrender immediately. And uh, they've got, they, they can pull it up on visual. And oh my God, it's the Black Archangel. I love how Maru's just like, it's the Archangel. <laughs> and then they get the visual of Natara and her stupid phone. <laughs> Maru does not get on the phone. She just talks. I kind of love it, but at the same time, I just want someone... We will destroy your ship. And just the immediate reaction of, you can get in line like everybody else. You can just try and kill us. Nothing else has done it. So to be fair, they did bring an Archangel. And they they got three mobile suits. Clearly an Archangel with three mobile suits. Better than one with one. It, it, but it's an Archangel with four. Yeah, but they don't know that. They know they have at least two. To be fair... Azrael said he thought the Freedom and Justice were on the Nazca-class ships, so... Which are not here at all. But he's incorrect. Well, so. clearly well, clearly, our intelligence is wrong, because the Arca- the free- the Freedom and the Justice were engaging him at... But the speculation was they were probably Zaft mobile suits that were accepted as oh. aid, Which is but mostly also, correct. Also, the Buster and the Strike were at the battle, so... Yeah, but they weren't, like, with the Archangel. They, As far as they know, they're just Orb. The Buster is just an Orb machine. And the strike was already on the Archangel, so... So as far as he's aware, they're just having to deal with the strike. Anyway, Natara's like, I d- I'm not very high up, but if you surrender, I'll give you all the assistance we- I can, because I heard about this dumb bomb plot in Alaska, and I am sympathetic. And, you're, and, well, and, you're well aware of what the ship is capable of. Yes, my crew's better than you, <laughs> so... Well, Natara's I- a good one. Look, in Super Robot Wars J, it sucks when you lose Nataro. She has Bullseye and Valor. And you also lose Tall at the same time, who has, like, Focus and Excel. You gotta deal with just, uh, Psy and... Mirialia. Yeah. And Maru's okay. Yeah, but in this situation, the entire crew has got a lot more of experience in this kind of fight, so... Yeah, well, Maru's like, uh, sorry, but no. We, uh, have doubts about the Earth's forces in their entirety. So, we won't be surrendering today. And it's rather dramatic. And Natara's like, hey, you know how dumb this is, right? But before she can continue her argument, uh, everyone's favorite villain is like, how amusing! You should be embarrassed. If uh, we could stop all our problems by talking, we wouldn't have to shoot each other. So, let's start shooting each other. Oh, wow, well, he actually said it, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Natara's like, hey, asshole. And they're like, what, asshole? That's the leader of Blue Cosmos' name. <laughs> As he says, today we will destroy the indestructible Archangel. He at least knows what he's doing. <laughs> you, you can try. All mobile suits get out there and kick the shit out of those guys. Also, they do bring a bunch of daggers. We don't see how many. 
we can count how many blow up, and then we'll know how many. <laughs> it's just one of those. It's not. It's not on there. Um, the same kind of like level of the characters, but I, I could totally see somebody saying, you know, hey, they launched those three mobile suits. All right, what's your point? <laughs> we get a nice uh, launching montage, which is something I always like. The good guys have four mobile suits to launch now, so that's pretty cool. I also love how the arc is like Buster taking off Muriel's just like, please leave. <laughs> <laughs> Once he gets a character, the arc is pretty great. He always has a character who's just being held in check by Izak. They uh, kept each other in balance like yin and yang. Now that they're no longer together, they're spiraling out of control. Uh, so the plan is that Kira and after we'll go fuck him up while the buster and the strike stay behind to defend them. hey that's exactly what the archangel was designed to do in the first place yeah launch two interceptors and then have the others just kind of hang out but there's a whole bunch of debris in the battlefield for reasons including a bunch of tether cables and asteroids the kusanagi starts to launch to fill in the archangel's port side and then they'll have more ships in addition to mo- more mobile suits it's almost like they have a like small fleet or something I love how the uh, druggies never seem to understand that they're kind of shit. So, <laughs> I mean, they're better than all the regular people. They're just not as good as main characters. Is Diarca a main character now? I mean, he's on the main character team. He's main character adjacent. Yeah. So we get some great military jargon about uh, loading Corinthos and setting them for target Orange Alpha 17 and programming them with automatic tracking. But Asriel's like, hey, why are you firing missiles where nobody is? And she gets to be Zack for a moment. And just say, if you don't understand the strategy, please shut up. <laughs> no, that's not me, because I wouldn't be I wouldn't be kind. I wouldn't say please. The Buster destroys one dagger, takes off an arm, rather, and the Moo gets to kill. So that's one. One dagger. Ah, ah, ah. But the Kusanagi somehow gets stuck in one of the cables they were just talking about uh, avoiding. And they're like, oh no, we have to look up the grappling rules with battleships. <laughs> this is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> Asagi, just cut it off. <laughs> but Shadi of the Forbidden's like, ah, oh, sitting duck, I better go murder that. And Atherin's like, hey, like the girl I might be dating's on that ship. I better go save it. Which leaves Kira to fight the other two. He seems to be slightly more competent about it in space than he was on the ground. Kira or? Kira, yeah. He's just a really cool gimmick shot where the raider throws its mace at him and he deflects it into the calamity with his shield. One of the astray girls cutting a cable has to be saved by the cool detachable backpack as Atherin escorts the ship that somehow flew into a giant cable. <laughs> that they specifically knew was there. And got immediately stuck. Rambo's not a great pilot. He mostly drives jeeps. Well, it's, it's the other guy is the different guy is driving. He doesn't have a universal pilot's license? He's just kind of, he's he's giving orders and commanding. He's not actually driving. Meanwhile, Zaf showed up and once again roused the cruiser. like, ah, how amusing. They're already fighting. All the world's a sage. I'm so witty. It's like, it's three on one. And Rao's like, ah, oh, we shouldn't bother doing anything until we understand what's going on. It's like, hey, Isaac, you you're a main character guy. Let's go do a scouting mission. That ought to be fun. Addis is like, uh, aren't you the boss? Should you really be doing recon? He's like, yeah, yeah. The Mendel Colony dot dot dot. If things go well, a number of things might be brought to a close. Dun dun dun. And they're like, okay. What I did I do wrong? Military structure. Rav <laughs> <laughs> Raul the Crusade does what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I kind of feel like the captain's like, finally, this guy's off my ship. <laughs> Thank God I don't have to deal with his shit anymore. 
The Archangel has lost the Dominion in the debris, but it's just sneaking around an asteroid. And there's a pretty well-animated shock look on Maru. It's just like, how did it get there? I was going to say of Maru becoming possessed as her <laughs> hair flies out. They evade a shot from the Godfreeds, but that activates the missiles that Natarl shot earlier, and they don't have time to counterattack. Kira shoots an intercepting volley, but apparently he rolled bad because he only takes out like a third of them. And the Archangel takes a strong hit on the port. And Azrael's like, huh, that was actually pretty clever. And then we get a line that I just really don't like. I understand why it's here, but Nataro's like, eh, frankly, tactics of this level are not nothing special. Which I understand, like, she's trying to put him down, and also this is just business to her. But it, I don't like it because it kind of paints the characters we're supposed to see as competent in a bad light. She's kind of like, ah, oh, the Archangel is dumb for falling for this. And it, it just it, it takes away from it takes what we're away from as competent characters. It takes away from competent characters, and it also kind of takes away from Natarl's victory here. Natarl's win, yeah, because yeah. it's like the, I mean, she clearly outthought Maru. Maru to here. be fair, she was saying the entire time, Maru, you have no idea yeah. how to captain a ship. It's very in character for her. It's just a thing that if you want, like, talk up your opponents, so when you beat them, it's impressive. And we're supposed to think, and we probably do at this point, that. The Archangel's an impressive ship with a good captain and regiment. I understand where she's coming from. It's a very Natara line, like you said, Tyler. It just has always rubbed me kind of the wrong way. Well, I mean, the Archangel, as I've already said, the Archangel has a veteran crew at this point. So the fact that it seems to be so easy to get around them kind of takes that away. Yeah, and she has a plan. Sure, it's not like super complicated, but it's something we haven't seen before. It's not like this is what the Archangel always did. It looks impressive, so it kind of sucks when the character's like, no, it's not impressive. And she's like, yeah, that's the one you want to capture, right? And he's like, yes! He looks so <laughs> excited about it, too. It's like, well, tell your dumb mobile suits to go get it. Point all the guns at it. Although you'd think that Natoro would also have a better grip on the fact that taking Kira on is... Well, I she guess she doesn't know he's Kira. Pilot. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't know it's uh, actually Kira. And he's all alone. He's kind of overextended because Atherd had to pull back, too. And uh, Diarca and Moo are kind of staying at home. Yeah. Meanwhile, Rao and Izak are going out of their super secret scout mission while everyone's distracted. Flay is sitting alone in the waiting room. I think it's, I think it's supposed study. to be. Yeah, I, I think it's Rao's. It just looks like a doctor waiting room to me. It kind of does because it's very sterile. it's very white. And she's got the secret floppy disk. Two two uh, daggers, both of which Moo has killed. And Moo gets his new type flash. He's like, "What? Could he be here?" And he goes off, and uh, he's like, hey, old man! <laughs> well, yeah, because I love how he just goes, you know, Diarca calls him old man, and Moo's immediate reaction is, don't call me old man, Zaft is here. <laughs> uh, what? The, the English dub translates this as Pops, which is the same thing as they do for Lupin the Third and Zenigata, and I like that a lot. And I just love Moo, don't call me Pops! <laughs> <laughs> it's quite good. And Diarca's just like, what? As he follows him. Well, you stay with your wingman. Yeah. So we get this nice little pairing of Moo and Diarca and then Izak and Rao on a collision course. While the Justice is pinned by the Forbidden and the Dominion, the Calamity, and the Raider are all taking on the Freedom. They load sledgehammers, they fire at them at the Freedom, and this is our cliffhanger. I love how the Freedom looks surprised. Yeah, I do really <laughs> love that. It's a real good visual trick where they like quickly zoom into the cockpit on Kira, but they manage to do it just right in that it's like drawing back and it looks surprised. 
And I really like the finishing shot. This is like a cell I would like for animation, just because it's very well detailed. Back view of the freedom with missiles coming at it. That said, I don't love this as a cliffhanger, because what we know about the phase shift armor, these missiles shouldn't be much of a problem for it. It kind of feels like, or like they ran out of episode time than anything <laughs> yeah, else. As you said, the, the way that the phase shift armor has been presented throughout the entire series, it's like, hey, look, at, we have a cliffhanger, when in reality it's more of, well, from everything you've told us so far, Kira doesn't have to be surprised. He just kind of ignores them and goes about his th- Yeah, I mean, about phase shift armor really only needs to care about beam weapons, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the idea. Already, Kira being cut off from everyone, like, and Mu and Diarka leaving is already kind of a cliffhanger, so... This just doesn't do a good job of reinforcing it, I feel like. It's not terrible. Like you said, it is a beautiful shot. Yeah, and it's got that cool Gundam Seed episode thing of a very slow story-building first half and then an action-packed second half that will lead us into the next episode that can do the reverse, which is always a thing I like. And the episode goes by pretty briskly, but most of its job is just to get Nataril back in the action since she's been absent for a while, and we're kind of at the point where we need all the players on the board, and she's the one that was kind of missing. Patrick Zala isn't here, but he's here in spirit because he sent Rao. His representative is here, at least. Although Rao is maybe a quadruple agent well, yeah. or something. He gets to play double duty. He gets to represent himself and Patrick Zala. Yeah, what is Rao's endgame? I guess we're going to find it eventually. Yeah. Well, we're pretty close to learning Rao's endgame. is. next episode, actually. It might be the one after this. He's yeah, actually just been doing sense. drug deals, and this is a storage space for all the space <laughs> meth. Yes. He's like, oh no, the Mendel Colony. That's where I keep the drugs. <laughs> The druggies will be pissed if I can't get their supply. All this, right. is, this is Rao Breaking Bad right now. Yes. Oh, man, I would watch that show. <laughs> uh, but that does it for the episode. Like I said, not really my favorite. It's not a bad episode. The action's really good, but a lot of it's convenient. The Kusanagi just getting stuck is pretty convenient. The end shot, of... like I said, is kind of forced, but it sets up a lot of nice stuff. There are a lot of little uh, like fun character moments. That I kind of like. That, and as the series gets closer and closer to the end, the animation budget is clearly going up. We get more and more really cool shots, and less and less sock footage. There's some in this episode, but I didn't need the feel. I didn't feel the need to point it out. Mm-hmm. And like the shot of Moo taking out the dagger by shooting it right through the chest is really cool. It's really and nicely animated. If I remember, most of the stock footage revolves around like missile launches and stuff, which is I the- personally find perf- perfectly okay because I mean. You can't really animate those missile launches differently, differently really? so save a couple bucks on animation in the places you can without actually hurting anything. I didn't talk about it in the episode. There's one bit that really stands out to me, because we get a stock footage shot of the Justice reattaching to its backpack, immediately followed by a stock footage shot of it taking out its beam saber, and they just don't quite line up right. I know what shot you're talking about, but I didn't notice But, but that. it's not terrible. It's all perfectly acceptable. And like I said, we're getting less and less of it, which is nice. But this is an episode to push forward Azrael, and while I like him more than Tyler and Zach, he is a bit one note. And to get Natarl in, which we needed, so it's cool that she and Maru get to have this face-off. I just find Azrael an entirely unimpressive and unlikable. Like, he's unlikable because he's the antagonist, but at the same time, he's just entirely forgettable. He doesn't actually seem to be scheming enough. Like, we have a lot of intellectual power players in this That's show, true. and he's not he's in their He's just ranks. there purely to be a dick yeah it's because they needed to introduce another set of mobile suits for atherin and kira to fight and they wanted to put somebody in charge of that's all he is i feel like they need someone to represent the earth federation now that the good guys are no longer part of them and like i said i really like his hypocrisy like that is a character trait that i just really like in a villain 
Yeah, I get, like, my thing is, I don't think he's bad. I just think he doesn't stand up to the other players in the show. He's not as good as Patrick Zala or Raul the Crusade. We're going to find out about Rao soon, and uh, uh, I like what Rao Rao represents. I'll put it that way. Let's be charitable. But yeah, that does it for this episode. Do we have any high points, Tyler? I don't know. There are a lot of good little character moments. None of them lasted very long. I really like Moo hopping over to Maru and just like kind of I think my favorite is actually Moo's short interaction with the Astray Girls. Oh, yeah. with uh, I can't let you show me up. Zach? Flailing Kigali. Oh, oh yeah. Good choice. It. It's the best. Good choice. <laughs> of course I took it. It was the, it was the low-hanging so fruit. Good. The one that was so easy to get to. It, it, and it is great. It is perfectly in line with both characters, especially because, as I said, when, we, when that moment came up, Kigali is the one that does all the emotional, like, uh, huggy, touchy-feely kind of stuff, so somebody doing it to her instead clearly is something that she's not prepared for. All right, now I have to come up with one. I had one that wasn't that, actually, because I knew you were going to take it. Now I've forgotten what it is. Um, I'm going to go with, like, Rally Crusade continuing to just kind of be a mysterious dirtbag. Like, I'm always happy when Rally Crusade gets to be like, oh, how amusing. I mean, like, Rao is a dick, but Rao is kind of a he's, fun dick. He's got dick. charisma. Yeah. Well, he's, he's having also, fun, so. He's also got the magnificent bastard angle. You know, like, you believe, maybe just because of the mask, that he does have more going on, and he is planning something. We've seen him do a bunch of spy work. We know he's lying to Patrick Zala. We know he's lying about a lot of things. things, He takes pills. Maybe it's his own drug supply. We don't know exactly what he's lying about, but we do know that he's lying to pretty much everybody about something. And that's about to come to a head. So, Tyler, hello, Poe. So I've been listening to a lot of the Adventure Zone recently, and they're now playing Monster of the Week. I can't even remember what the name of the ship is now. Um, the Kigali ship. Oh, the Kusanagi? Yeah, sorry. Yes, the Kusanagi. Sorry, the orb ship, the Japanese ship, randomly flying into a cable. Seems a lot like a soft move set up by the DM to say, now, Kira and Athrin, Th- you have to- That's a hard sh- move. That's, that's a, a you, hard move. That's a you failed your takeoff check, and now you are in a cable. <laughs> the good news, your ship didn't explode, and you took off. The bad news is you're in a cable. Your speed is zero, and the forbidden is on top of you. What do you do? Call Athrin? Zach, what's yours? Can can I just say Azrael and call it a night? No. You can, spe- but it you're has, not allowed to do that ever again. It has Crap. to be a specific thing about him if you want to avoid that. <sighs> I actually kind of liked it this episode because he was like all excited and stuff and like actually getting impressed by... Uh, I really hate Azrael. Like, my it, favorite Azrael movement. I don't know if it's next episode or the one after it, but it really makes it, it for it, me. It's not even just that I hate him because he's the antagonist. He's just so freaking boring of a character. I just, I hate him existing because everything else about, uh, most of the stuff about C is so much stronger that Azrael's just this huge weak point. Drives me insane. But he's blue, Zach. He can't be a weak point if he's blue. He'd be better if he was blue because he was suffocating. Zach, you know how Azrael is. Um, Yes, I do know And he's better than Lord Jibril. Azrael (laughs) 2.0. I'm sorry, Lord Jibril? Lord Jibril? (laughs) Spelled DJ Ibrie. I can't even spell. I think I know who you're talking about, but it's (laughs) been a while. Because if I remember right, I know where that one comes from, and he's terrible. And that's why I can't remember who it is, because that's really bad. All the 2.0 characters in Destiny suck. Do I actually have one that's not him? I mean, the druggies are kind of failing to work together, and they're not pointing that out again. That's kind of a low point for me. I'm, like, trying to pitch you some. (laughs) No, the thing is, is it's a weird one, because there's not a lot of, like... 
extremely high points or extremely well, that's low a pretty points. middle episode overall and we are in the area where i think seed is a lot weaker like me and jeremy really differ on this i really don't like i've been saying it's kind of been going downhill in general since kira survived being blown up but now we get the lackis coalition I really like the episode where it's just her hopping from, like, broadcast point to broadcast point. <laughs> I mean, well, there are good moments, but I think the series as a whole kind of nosedives. Man, I can't think of anything straight up. I guess Flay kind of just being allowed free reign on the Zaft ship for no reason. Yeah, did she steal the floppy disk? Is that the I implication get the f- we're I supposed g- to get? Or? No, I think... I think or did Rao entrust Rao... it to her? I think we're supposed to speculate. Okay. She she has it. I it seemed like he was going to give it to her, and then he didn't, so... Uh, my low point, I went on about it a lot this episode, it's that Natara line. I really don't like it. I, again, it makes perfect sense for the character. It just kind of, like, it points out a lot of the unfortunate, st- of the tactical errors that Maru makes, and not in a good way. Not in a, I know I can beat her because I saw all the dumb stuff she did. Natara's not beating Maru by taking advantage of her, like, big heart. She's just doing some cool trap card stuff. And she's like, ah, this isn't impressive. And the Archangel seems to have varying degrees of durability that has always kind of driven me nuts. I feel like when it actually gets hit, it usually gets Well, hit. it really depends, because sometimes it gets hit by stuff like the missiles, and it just takes a couple of dings against its HP pool, and then sometimes it apparently gets crit and takes out one of its guns. That's because they're, the Archangel is actually playing in Savage Worlds, so it has that wound stack. Actually, you know what? I think that would probably be it for me. Is the, the Archangel's gun getting knocked out? Because if it's the same as it usually is, that gun will reappear next episode. <laughs> I feel like they're usually pretty good about not doing that, but... I'm hey, pretty sure that gun time. just regenerates. All right, so we started counting dagger deaths in this episode, so why don't we put the Earth Federation's mass production mobile suit, the Strike Dagger, on there? Personally, I kind of like the Strike Dagger. It's just the gym, but the gym was pretty cool, and that it's a mass-produced version of the Strike. The way the gym is a mass-produced version of the Gundam, that's the incorrect dagger. I know, I just saw the Buster oh, yeah. Dagger, and I'm like, wow. So this a very cool stu- thing about the dagger is in the Expanded Universe and Model Kits, they have versions of the dagger for each of the... Gundams that are like specialized versions that are all very cool, all cooler than the Strike Dagger, except for of course the Dual Dagger, which is the Gundam. The, the, that's more the gym. Yeah. Oh no, it's uh, it's like their special. It's like their commander unit. Oh, but it just doesn't look as good to me. What is a slaughter? That's not a dagger suit. What is this thing? The what? The slaughter dagger? Oh, it's from Stargazer. This, this thing, looks rad. Yeah, this thing is way I need too to come badass around. to be mass to... production. Oh, look at the Strike Noir. We're, if we're just going to look at cool uh, Gundam Seed variant mobile suits. Alright, so let's start with the Strike without any of its pack on, since it's derived from the Strike. I do like the splashes of the color. Do we think it's better than the base model Strike or not? I, I do. Ca- okay. The the dagger? Yeah. Really? Better with no pack? Yeah, no, I actually like the Strack. The Strack? <laughs> The I like the Strack Pack. I like Stracks. Um, you no, like the Strack Pike? The Strack Pike. Um, no, I actually like the Strike even without a pack better than the Dagger because it's got like cool, like the color variance is more like, I don't know, the Dagger has like kind of the all blue thing all the time. It's got a lot of red and yellow in there, actually. I really noticed it this episode. That is true. I don't know. I just don't think I like the Strike. I actually but... think I like the Strike more as well. The, uh-huh. the Dagger's always uh, kind of blended into me as far as, like, grunt suits do. A lot of the non-Universal Century 
uh, series have that problem. See, Destiny is a lot better about it. But not really with the Federation suits, really just the, the Zaf suits. I don't like the uh, dagger as much as like any of the Zaf suits, I don't think. Or the original Strike. All right, below that, we have the Raider. The is that the... the Wing Gundam. It's got oh, the that's the Eagle? Uh, I really don't like that one. Yeah, it's really... Like, the Wing was kind of a questionable design. The Raider is kind of a stupid design. To be fair, the Wing is just a Zeta. Yeah, with a worse color scheme and a cooler head. I actually like I like the Raider more than either of you. I was going to argue for it below, but if you say it's higher, I wasn't going to argue. Oh, no, summer. no. I was just saying that I don't like the Raider. That doesn't mean I like the uh, Strike Dagger better. I actually do. Like I said, I actually really like the Strike Dagger. I like the bog standard nature of it. So, okay, so hypothetical comparison, in case we get there. Do you want to discuss what you think about the Strike Dagger as compared to a Baku? I, I definitely like, spoilers, I like it more than the Baku. Uh, we've talked before about how I think the Baku is kind of dumb. Bakus are Bakul. Which would actually play <laughs> about the Jin. They're awesome. Anyway, I think I might actually agree with Zach on this one. I think I actually prefer the Strike Dagger to the Raider. All right, so the Strike Dagger will go at number 16, right below the Strike and right above the Raider. I'm thinking yeah, about the, ways the, that I want to organize this list with pictures in the future. The like, I'm kind of wondering if I should make them bigger <laughs> the higher they are. Oh, the no, Raider's I'm, just so bad. Uh, like, I like the boring. mace. That's kind of the one thing it has going for it, though. It does have the cool mace. It has a mouth cannon, but that's kind of eh. Gundam hammer. All, all of the druggy Gundams are kind of eh. I think maces are dumb. So, <laughs> All right. So that will do it for this episode. Join us next time for Spiral of Encounters, which is a cool episode name, and it gets lots of stuff explained to us, finally. And maces are still dumb. Just throwing that out there. Dumb. Maces are dumb. Bye. I guess technically it's a flail. <laughs> Bye! I bet your head's like a hamster running in its wheel right now. I'm sorry. Eh, hey, they're the ones saying it, not me. This has been a Last Podcast production, copyright 2019.